So he was just he was he was just killing, destroying. He destroyed to just a degree that is kind of unimaginable to see live. Like really? everything, like prim- premises destroying, like where the moment he starts saying anything, it's so funny the way that he's doing it and saying it, that there's people that are uncontrollably laughing before he even gets started. And then he goes into the bit and is just like, oh, my God, oh, it's uh, it's unreal to see. It was unreal to watch that dude work. Uh, it was crazy. We're talking about Brian Regan, folks, one of the best yes. comics out there. Yeah, man. So back us up. So he's killing. Where, where are you at? Virginia Beach, Funny Bone. Um, very lucky in that. Like, so with Regan, I guess doing clubs and and theaters right now. As the theaters open up, what he does is he has his feature acts. He has a few people that he tours with, and one of them is our friend uh, Stephen Rogers. Um, yes, Steve Big Dick Rogers. We yeah, got to keep the Big Dick Rogers, baby. <laughs> uh, Steve but, Big Dick Rogers, everybody. But it's one of those cool things where I guess that when they do that, if the club doesn't have someone already picked out, the feature, if he knows a local person in the area that can host for Brian, reaches out. So Steve hooked me up. It was great. He vouched for me, put his neck on the line. I appreciate it. It was great. Got to hang with Steve and Brian for a couple days. It was really, really fun. But, dude, Brian's just destroying. It's crazy. Because, it's. I mean, we all see... I mean, headliners usually kill. For the mm-hmm. most part, a good, well-known headliner is going to kill. But it's crazy to see a dude that I grew up watching destroy and then just come back in the green room and just be in the green room with him. <laughs> I know. I do. And <clears throat> here's what, what's, what's also cool. Dude, you, you're getting to see a theater act destroy in a club. I know. So... Because he said he, because I I got to ask him, he said he made the full-time move from clubs to theaters 15 years ago. So he said this is the first time where he's been kind of regularly doing clubs for 15 years. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, it's different. Um, uh, But he said, he's like, it's what I started doing. And he said, so I still love it. He's like, it's just a. He's got his show set up exactly the way he wants it to. He knows how to like get the because the club thing is like people are eating, people are paying, you know, there's a check drop and there's all right. these things. So when he has a host for the club shows, because when he's in the theater, he just has the feature act and right. you're, you're not there's dealing no with food, him. none of that shit. Yeah, none of that stuff. no check drop, <clears throat> but in the club so that he can maximize what he's getting out of it. And right. and and, it, and in no way am I saying like, oh, he's a dick. It's just he is particular about how he wants his show. And I can say it is the tightest run show I have ever been on. As far Damn. as like, like but I but it wasn't the type of tight where I felt like, oh, if I go a minute over, he's going to be angry. It was no, just he like, just knows how he likes it for it to go. Yeah. And I, I hear it too. Like whenever you work, whenever you work theaters, man, like, you have all like like these union guys and shit has to start on time. People got to yeah. get out of there because you, you pay for all this insurance and stuff. So I mean, if you've been if he's been doing that for fifteen years, he yeah he has it down. Yeah. You know? So it goes. He so the way his shows work in a club. All right. Is um, and so I got to meet his girlfriend, who's also very kind. I got to meet the tour dude, manager. He's married. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> no, he's got a girlfriend, dude. He's divorced, dude. Do you are straight up dry snitching on this fucking podcast? I am not <laughs> at yeah. all. Not at I all. I tried it. Yeah, I was like, nope. I was like, no way. I was Is like, that why was... he has a girlfriend? That that explains the leather jacket. Think, he because <laughs> I think he used to. Yeah, it's true. He's changed Jeez. the way he's dressing. I think he, he like what, used to be married. Is it Taylor Tomlinson? Because yeah, it is Taylor. Yeah. Actually, are uh, you kidding me? No, it's not Taylor. Oh, I was gonna say, damn. Like, yeah, yeah, his girlfriend's Taylor Tomlinson. Yet he lets me be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, she's very nice. Uh, the tour manager is really cool. Gave me the rundown of everything to do. Steven answered all my questions, and Brian was very kind and generous. And like, I will say this before I get anything else. Brian Regan is what you hope every one of your heroes is. Damn. It is white. It is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like my lord. A straight Savior. white man. Uh, a, straight, a straight white guy, what all our heroes are. Uh, <laughs> uh can I ask this? Yeah. For some reason, I'm picturing 
tour managers always have a clipboard and a headset. Didn't have a headset. Um, he did have a clipboard when taking food orders at the end of the weekend. But in general, he's like, he had it all memorized. The tour managers, this guy, Eric, super nice guy. He was a good hang. I think he did music tour managing stuff for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And now he's like Brian's. Um, but it's, it's, it's just really cool. It was great. We had such a fun hang. Uh, and as I felt comfortable, but yeah, dude, it's like, Brian was nice. Brian's the type of guy that will treat you like a peer. He's willing to discuss comedy with you. He likes your running bits. But it's like, but he is, but he does want stuff run the way that he wants it run. I, I can't, I literally, it's like everything you fear someone like Jerry Seinfeld is, Brian Regan is not. Does that oh. make sense? Where like you look at Seinfeld and you're like, that Seinfeld would not like me. He would probably be a dick to me. He knows Seinfeld's a hot chick that knows he's hot. Right. And Brian Regan was a was a chubby chick that got hot. <laughs> that's, that's the black guys will like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get uh, the show. Here's how his shows are run. So if you're in a club, this is how Brian Regan shows run starts exactly on time. So I'm walking on stage on the first show is at six. The late show is at nine. I walked right on stage. Six o'clock. Like 5.59, you're walking up on the stage. Yeah, literally, boom. It's like, give it up for Winston and, and like, there's a clock at the Virginia Beach in the background. So it's like, as I'm walking up, it's going from 5.59 to 6. I'm seeing it turn. Uh, his host does five minutes. So I do five minutes, warm up the crowd a little bit. Host brings the feature act up. So I brought Steven up. Steven does 20. After Steven, I get back on stage. I do another two minutes. After my two minutes, I bring Brian on stage. Brian then does an encore and Brian has it set up so that the clubs do not drop checks when he is on stage. So I go back up after Brian has performed and I do the check spot. So they drop checks as soon as I get back on stage after Brian's left after the encore. Wow. And then, and then I go until I get a light that the show's over and he gave me some tips on how it usually works all my check spots went really well. Like I had, I had like, I had a couple sets that were like hot. Like they were like, yeah, to follow Brian Regan, dude, he's closer. Yeah. After dude, after he's closed, he does, but he's very generous and he, and he's like, Hey, he explains what's happening. He goes, Hey, this club's great. They don't make me do the check spot, which I appreciate so much. So Winston's going to come back up. He's a very funny young man. You guys saw him earlier. You really liked him. Just, I know you're going to be signing your checks, but as we do this, he's going to be entertaining you with some great comedy. So enjoy. So he sets you up beautifully, and you just well, got to go up and act. Class act. A, a, yeah, a real class act, dude. Just the just the man. And I went up, and all my sets went pretty well. All the check spots, like, dude, I legitimately had a couple check spot sets that were like, oh, this set's great. Like wow. I'm like like I had some jokes hit real hard. I worked, dude. I worked new in. I worked some new in, dude. On the <laughs> so basically, you're saying is Brian Regan open for you this weekend? <laughs> dude, I told him that. I said, dude, I cannot wait to tell people uh, you open for me, Brian. And he let. But he's a great hang. He he hung out with the comics on the show. Um, we we chilled. Uh, we went out after the show Saturday night and relaxed and just had a good time and. Uh, he made sure everybody was comfortable and we're hanging out and, and talking until it was, uh, you know, until we shut the restaurant down and we just were like, all right, we're, we're out of here. He went to bed and I saw him the next day on Sunday. But it was like all the fears you have about meeting someone who because Regan's a dude that like when I was growing up, I loved Regan. Like right. his like his I saw his Comedy Central presents countless times. I listened to Brian Regan live a lot. He's just he's the type of clean comic that you don't realize he's clean until the show's over. Like, right. you know, like the type of clean you want to be. And uh, you just have all these fears about meeting a dude that's like, because where do you think Brian falls like historically in comedy? You think he's top 20, 15 all time? I would say uh, top 20. I would say top 40. Yeah. Like he's definitely, like, I, I, I think it's like, depending on who you talk to, I, I would agree. He, like, Yeah, definitely top 40, but <clears throat> Yeah, depending honestly, man, depending on who you talk to, yeah, he he could he could definitely he could easily end up in that top twenty. Yeah, um, because he, he's very successful. Yeah, I mean, he dude, he did a live comedy special. 
So do <laughs> I know it's insane. So so here's here's why I think he might be even higher. I was thinking about this in the tiers of clean comics. I don't know anyone above him other than Cosby and Seinfeld. When you're thinking clean, as far as impact, reach, body of work, it's Cosby, Seinfeld. I couldn't think of another person. Ray Romano? But Ray's not clean. He says the F word and stuff. Oh, does he? Yeah. Ray curses. Is Kevin James clean? Probably not as not clean. They were probably clean-ish. But Brian is squeaky, huh? Yeah. He's like very squeaky clean. Like he says, he's the type of clean that's like he says hell. The worst thing he'll say on stage is he'll say hell, and he said it like once in an hour. Wow! <laughs> like that's the that like that's the the clean he is. So it's like I think for some people he falls in the top ten. I know for me historically, just like on body of work and just what he meant to me growing up and getting into comedy, and just when you look at like what someone's done for comedy, I think he falls in top fifteen most like influential. That's where I'm think, thinking he's falling. I can't disagree. Yeah, man. Uh, but but but, dude, like all the fears you have about meeting someone who is that <laughs> famous in comedy, like that huge and has been huge for a very long, long time. Right. Uh, I, I I honestly don't think I have ever felt more comfortable in a green room the first time working with somebody. Like Damn! Imme- like immediately, as soon as he came in, he shook my hand. He, the type of dude that's like he doesn't have to do this, but like as soon as he came into the green room, he thanked me for agreeing to do the check spot. That's the first thing he said to me. Wow! He, and it's just like, and it, and it was a, it was, it was just awesome. Great guy, genuine dude. We should all, we should all hope that if any of us ever get to that point, you, you are that type of dude. Like he's a he's a he's a mensch in a dream. So that's I'm done sucking his dick. But that's a <laughs> he's doing that classic Brian Regan face. You done sucking my dick, buddy? <laughs> what the hell, <clears throat> man? So did that inspire you to like you know what I'm going clean from now on? But what it did inspire me to is to look at my jokes, and because I I would say ten percent of my jokes are dirty, like where it's like ten percent are like sex jokes like topically either about suicide or like stuff that like you cannot do. It inspired me to look at my act and be like, what do I have that can be done clean? Because I did a bunch of stuff clean in the check spot stuff that I had never really done clean before. And mm-hmm. I realized like, and I realized working in front of a crowd that wanted clean, those jokes are still as good as they would be if they had the curse words and stuff in it. I'm just so anti-clean comedy, man. <laughs> just in just the idea of it. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. So like, that's so crazy to me because I think that like, I think Bargetti's great. Like, I think it's just like. So no, like, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I don't. I, I'll say this. I don't like doing clean shows. Okay, then I that like, makes sense. Yeah, sorry. I, I like. That. I love Sinbad. I think Bargetti is great. I think Regan is great. Yeah, there's some. There's a lot of great clean comics. I just don't like doing it. Yeah, I get that. I will say being told I have to follow Brian Regan is one of the most terrifying things. I couldn't do it. I don't think I've I ever could. been told. Yeah, I don't think you could either. I uh, I did. A, <laughs> I did a great job. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. <clears throat> but it was like it. But it was just because your fear is like, oh, no. But he does a good job setting you up. And the show's been good the whole time. I just that, don't want to be clean. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I like I really enjoyed the challenge. I had like two Fuck or that. three bits that I now can do. I had two or three bits that like in in quotes I thought would never be TV clean that because of this I was like I'm going to try it and it's stuff that like if I ever magically get anything on TV it's like oh those are bits that I can do mm-hmm. on television which was pretty cool. Well, luckily TV is dying and we don't have we won't have to do that much longer so. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Conan's gone. It's over. Yeah. yeah, it's a that's a big hit, the Conan one. But yeah, Regan weekend was great. He was so nice. Man. Really, really well, dude. congrats, man. You definitely deserved it. You've Thanks, been working man. your ass off. Yeah. See, fun. that's how that's how it works, man. People are always like, How do you get stuff? How do you get this? How do you get that? It feel it it, it feels good. And and, and you, you sent me a text and you thanked me, even though I didn't do shit. Yeah. But I hey, I, I appreciate it. 
You're welcome. I, I didn't do anything. But um, I think that's that's part of the game, man. It's just like I introduced you to Steve. You guys kind of have – you build your own relationship. You know, you guys do uh, stuff off on the side, and he likes you, and he goes, hey, man, I'm going to give Winston this opportunity to open for yeah. Brian Regan. So uh, I understand where the thank you comes from, but it, it just feels good to be able to, like, introduce people, and yeah. then that can blossom into something. Well, yeah, it's the type of thing where it's like it's the thanks was more along the lines of like you you and other other comics, but especially you like you've been doing it about six years when I started, but it's just the guidance to like know how to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thanking you for. So it was like with Steven, I knew he opened for Brian. It never occurred to me I would ever get to work with him. But I every time I worked with Steven, I was like, I, I like Steven so much as a dude. I also wanted him to respect me as a comic. So every time we worked together, like he came down and stayed with me in Northern Virginia. And we did shows together. And I was like, I want to kill in front of Steven. And it felt good to just be friends with a dude and be friends with him, not ever expecting anything from him. And right. then just being his friend and he calls me one day and I think and what I think he's doing is he's going to invite me to come hang out, which would have been really exciting. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I would love to come. Like, that's what I think. And he goes, how much clean do you have? And I told him and he goes, would you want to host for Brian Regan? And I was like, I would love to. And it's the type of thing where I did so well throughout the weekend. Like Brian did the thing that we all want headliners to do where he complimented specific jokes and nice. was and was just like he loved talking <clears throat> comedy. He watched one of my sets, which was really nice. Um, and Stephen put his neck on the line because you know just as yeah. good as anybody when you vouch for somebody, <laughs> especially a, a clean show. Yeah, woo, it can go it can go ugly. It can get ugly quick, man. Yep. It means <clears throat> a lot to have someone vouch for you for anything. It really yeah. does mean a lot. And it felt like the type of thing where, like, when I had the first great set, I was like, man, I did that for Steven and I. <laughs> and I <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure he was like, thank God he, he did, did not we burn t- me. <laughs> we talked about it. He was like, he was like, yeah, man. He's like, I am real glad. He's like, I wasn't nervous. He was like, but it's still that thing where, like, even when you know someone can do it, it's just the fear of, like, please don't let this be that one nightmare set. The one situation yeah. where you forget. Yeah. Please. And then, like, he's standing there with Regan, and Regan looks like this is the guy that you. Picked. Oh, dude! You know, Ugh. you're just like, ah. <laughs> it's like a night when I when I when I got a certain somebody on at uh, <laughs> yeah big hunt, and they proceeded to do every joke they shouldn't do in that spot, and the guy is looking at me like, oh, this is the person that you uh, this is what you did. <laughs> No, it's like the one time I'm like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's dude, it's it's nuts. But it was the type of thing where like that weekend couldn't have gone better. I don't think I don't think in those spots my performances could have gone better. I don't think that I could have picked better jokes, and I don't think I could have handled the check spot better. Because dude, they light you when it's time to get off. First show, 15 minutes, great. Second show, it was uh, it took a little bit longer, so 18 minutes, that was fine. The first show Sunday night. I think they forgot to light me on the first show and they eventually do it. I did about 20, 21 minutes. The late show Sunday, nobody lit me. And it was like, dude, I did 30 minutes after Brian on the late show Sunday. And it got to the point where I was like, I was like, all right, guys, I feel like they, for-. I literally said, on stage, I was like, I think they forgot to light me. So I'm going to ask, has everyone paid their checks? And then people were like, just started screaming, yeah, we paid, <laughs> we paid wow. our check. So I was like, I'm going to do one last joke and get out of here. I got a really big laugh on the last joke, and we got out of there. But I think they just forgot, because I think someone forgot to tell the guy in the booth, we're done with the checks. Like because So you went up and you did 30 more minutes. Yeah. That's a good look, man. That you, yeah. <laughs> Steve, cool. you might kiss that spot goodbye, buddy. Well, yeah, they were they were gone by that one. They were they were on their way back to the hotel, the check spot on the last one. But I texted Steve and I was like, dude, they forgot to light me. And I did thirty. He was like, oh no, wow. <laughs> he did so he left was <laughs> he didn't even stick around. Jesus. Well, well, they like so for the late they had a flight <clears throat> at like four in the morning, so it was late on a Sunday night, and he was like, hey, I think we're gonna he. 
And this was also cool. He's like, hey, I'm going to let you know ahead of time. He's like, I'm probably going to leave when I'm off stage because we got to get food and I need to go to sleep so I can wake up uh, tomorrow. But he said goodbyes. He gave me a hug. Oh, dude. You know what, it, dude, to have him just put his arms out and just give me a hug and he was cool about taking a picture. And we did all this before I went up at the end and he was like, but thank you again. And um, and I just had a, I had good sets. It was that's it awesome, was man. it was the, like I'm not delusional. going to be like, dude, I destroyed every set. But like looking at the layout and for what I was there to do, I don't think I could have done a better job. So it felt very good. Dude, the five was it the five two fifteen. That's yeah. rough. Dude, it was interesting, man. It was like I felt like they liked me more as the night went on. Like I went up and did the host spot for five minutes, and by the end of that set, they were on board. They dug it. My two-minute set, like I did the two-minute – I did the same two minutes each time, like what jokes I did. That always killed before I brought Brian up. And then when I went up at the check spot after the initial two and a half minutes of the check spot, where people are literally it's just getting set down right is like i i mean like i just did some riffs i was saying things like all right it's everybody's favorite time of the night where you try to do math and a white guy talks to you i know it's mm-hmm. like your favorite thing i started reading i just started saying numbers out loud and just a couple other riffs and then i just went into a couple bits and each check spot by the end of the first bit all the credit cards were at least on their way to get ran Cause that's the thing. It just takes a long time for all the credit cards to get run mm-hmm. um, on their way to get ran and people are paying attention. So you'll have some jokes get big pops and some ones that don't, but it was not like you, it wasn't like people were having separate conversations. I didn't right. feel like people were restless, um, but it was a, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun and it was a, it was a good challenge and it was the type of challenge where it's like, Oh, I can do that. That's a thing that I can do. Uh, that's what's up, man. I'm very happy for you, man. It, it, it was, was dope. dope. Um, I, that has to feel that had to have that yeah, that had to have felt good for Steve to to recommend a guy to his guy and yep. you come in and knock it out of the park. You know, that yeah. first of all, he already trusts Steve if he's bringing him on the road and yep. all this kind of shit. But I think <clears throat> that takes the relationship probably to another level. Yeah, he killed too. Let's so I don't want to, oh, I didn't yeah. want to, yeah, I don't want to forget talking about that. We've been talking about Regan, but like Steven is another really good clean comic and he would dude some of those shows everything was hitting like he was destroying and he looked comfortable and he it was the type of killing where he would stumble over his words and then start getting humongous laughs based on the way he riffed about him stumbling on his words like you know what i'm saying this is yeah, like the, they know he's like a nervous kind of dorky guy and it, yeah. it just works for him he did great. It was just the, the show. Yeah. So I didn't want to forget to say that Steven did amazing, but you're right. It's the type of thing where it's like, ho- I, that's what I was thinking on the first show is I was like, I want to do a good job so mm-hmm. that a Regan likes me B Steven doesn't feel nervous. And right. like, and it's the type of thing where it's like, Oh cool. Steve, Steven came in in the clutch again. He got us a, like a good host, which I'm sure doesn't always happen at a comedy club. <laughs> Dude, I would I would love to hear the stories of when it it didn't work out, especially for a clean comic. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, damn, man. that's uh what did your mom say? Was she excited for you or She thought it was really cool. She was she was mm-hmm. sick or she was going to come to one of the shows. Um but That would have been cool. Yeah, she 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 thought it was neat. She was like, "It's really cool. You got asked to do this." She liked Steven's comedy because she'd seen him on Zoom, and she oh, didn't boy. know who Regan was until I showed her some clips. And she was like, "Oh yeah," she's like, "That's so cool. You get to work with him." And um, I think she was really proud that I got a clean opportunity because she is obviously someone that just prefers clean comedy. And she's like, I got a clean opportunity and I was able to succeed in that role. Like, I think it made her feel good. She's like, it's nice to know. I think she likes, she used to, it used to, I think bother her that I would work dirty or whatever for other stuff. Like, cause she doesn't like hearing those curse words, but I think Parents she just likes the fact that I can do both because she knows that if I can do both, she got a I, son who could do both. Yep. I, yep, exactly. And I will, and I will always do, if I can do both, then that means there will be opportunities for her to come see me. Does that make sense? Where yeah. it's, like, you know, but she, that's but she's funny. seen me. She's come see me do the dirty show, dude. The best one is she came to a Winsmith Games with my dad. Oh, my, I think I was there. Yep, and my dad is the and my dad was there, and my mom was like, 
it got really vulgar. My mom's like, I'm going to go sit in the lobby at the Southern. And so she goes to the, the lobby in the Southern and the Southern pumps the microphones into oh, the good. lobby. <laughs> and she could just, she said, I heard it better. <laughs> <laughs> good for like, her. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, she was like, I can't get, she said, she laughed. She's like, I can't get away from this. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, that's the thing. I, I just don't understand the, the clean comedy thing. I don't get it. Like you just don't it, understand why people want that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's like you're an adult. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess I just I what what kills me is really it's typically like it's like it's typically conservative people that do. It's just like on, so, yeah. on one hand, like when it comes to politics, it's just like, um, oh, people need to toughen up. It's just words. Who cares? But then when it comes to entertainment, it's just like, I don't want to hear these curse words. I don't want to see these images. It's just like. It's so disingenuous and phony. See, I view it more as, and I, I do get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I view it more as they're doing what they think they should be doing, which is just like, you know what? It's like, we'll make our own clean thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not telling people they can't be dirty. It's just like, this is the clean space. So it's like, I, 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 I get that. But again, but those are the same people that think safe spaces and all this kind of thing, all this stuff is dumb. But then it's like, they get mad. Are there, people curse really, words? are there people really anti-safe space now? Uh, Absolutely. Like absolu I mean, what's funny is it's just like when when the term safe space started coming out, it was just like there is no such thing as safe spaces. The world is X, Y, and Z. That's you dumb. can't run from the world. The world is harsh. It's real. It's cruel. Why are you trying to shelter kids from all this kind of stuff? And now it's just like I need a space to where I can say things as a white guy and not get in yeah. trouble. It's yeah, see, like I, that's a that, safe space. Yeah. This is this these are the spaces that 10 years ago you were saying are dumb and it's just people want to live in their bubble, but now you want your own space to be able to say and do what you want and not be harassed. And that's basically all people were saying like hey, these gay kids, these trans people, these black people, they want their own space to where they can yeah. just do things and, and and speak freely and not feel like uh, they're going to be judged or persecuted for it. And it was just like, no, fuck that. You got to live in the world. Now, all of a sudden, every fucking white guy who's a considers himself a patriot wants a, a, a safe white space. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's why I was, I'm surprised that there are still people that are super anti-safe space. Because I thought the move was making safe spaces for all those people. Because I think there's I think that I agree. I think it's super hypocritical, but it's also like the type of hypocritical uh where it's like i just assumed over time they were just like they generally phased out the anti-safe space wording because they're just now, like oh yeah we do want to be able to say what we want no but here's the thing the reason why is because a lot of those people on that side um their pride and ego would not allow them to, to even admit that the other side was right at all yeah so and that's that's the big that's part of the biggest problem, man. It's like they painted themselves into themselves into a corner to where they can't admit any wrongdoing. That's so dumb. They can't they, they can't admit when anybody else is right. They have to stick to their guns. They try to change words around to make it seem like they're like triggered. They love calling liberal people, oh, you're triggered. And then like Candace Owens gets gets mad at some joke somebody made. I forget, what was that joke that somebody made? Oh, <clears throat> Chappelle, it right? was Memorial Memorial Day when um somebody dude somebody took an old picture of um who's the guy who shot Kennedy um Lee Harvey Oswald, Lee Harvey Oswald yeah they took an old his they took his like his um military service picture and they tweeted it to like uh, I want to say it was like Ted Cruz or um or Matt Gates or somebody and they go hey this is my grandfather he was in World War Two. Or whatever, can you retweet this for him? He was a he's a big fan. He loves you every oh yeah, sure. And he retweeted it. Oh wow. Yeah, dude. He retweeted a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald because some lady <laughs> was lied and said it was her grandfather from World War II and he's a big fan. But so Candace Owen was just like, This isn't funny, this is fucked up, this is all you know, this is we need to have some decorum and, and decency. It's just like you're triggered. Yeah. You're also upset, you're mad. And don't try to, it's like, you don't want to admit that you're triggered. What you want to do, what, what you say is, well, it's not about being triggered. I'm, a, I'm about decency. No, you're no, triggered. No. That's all it is. It's not about decency. You're triggered. Yeah. Because calling people by whatever pronoun they want, uh, respecting people's, uh, you know, not using homophobic or transphobic slurs, racial slurs, 
and just calling people what they would like to be called. That's human decency. Yeah. That's all those people are asking for, and you get pissed off and yeah. mad. Yeah, I, I, I am someone though that I do think that like, um, <clears throat> I completely agree with all of that. But I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think the hypocrisy is just the the right wing issue. Uh, I, sure. I no, uh, the thing is, if we were talking about uh, leftist issues, I would say the same thing. Yep. And people always say that whenever you, whenever you're trashing the right. People are always like, whoa, wait a minute, but what about the left? How come we got to be fair here? But when I'm trashing the left, no no Republican ever is like, hey, let's, to be fair, Republicans do that shit too. Oh, yeah, dude. Everybody, yeah. I mean, everybody just, especially with how divided right. it is now, it sticks yeah. with their own side. But I mean, just we, being we someone, talk, yeah. but just like, I'm here and I'm just like, I think they are both, I think the hypocrisy on both sides is is trash. Like, I agree. I think the, all the Republicans, like, it's like the, the being pussies and being like, so triggered and just being the real snowflakes and stuff like that is so frustrating. And then it's also equally frustrating to just be like, to see people on the left, like knowing that they can trigger these people and purposely doing it the same way they don't want to be purposely triggered. It's like the whole thing is frustrating and annoying. I would, I I would say, I I agree. It is frustrating and annoying. I would say uh, a better word for that would be very child is childish childish it is dude that's it is exactly what it childish, is childish dude it, it is childish it's because <clears throat> i mean i can't i cannot say that no one was an asshole about obama being in office um i'm pretty sure there were some people that were but i don't think it got to the level of where it was when trump was in office yeah trump's a whole different ball game yeah trump, because trump, yeah, that's it, be, of- it became their identity it yeah. really became their like just saying that they were a Trump supporter somehow made them tougher. Dude, dude people, Trump's like right wingers that supported Trump treated Trump the way that conservatives were afraid black voters were going to end up treating Obama. That's what I know. That's what's so <laughs> ironic about this whole thing. That's what's so ironic, dude. There's some. There's so much irony in this whole thing. It is astounding. Yeah, it is literally exactly what they were afraid was going to happen with an Obama presidency with the conservatives. Like, oh, they're just going to do this. They just voted for him because he's black and blah, blah, blah. And then you get Trump and it's just like, oh, yeah, you guys voted for him because he's fucking white and a man. And that's, that's why you right. did it. It's the only reason. And it's just yeah, so, uh, yep. so insane, man. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people did it just to piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because honestly, oh, man, there's dude, so many. Yeah. yeah, there's so many people who have nothing going on in their, in their lives. No one cares what they're doing. And I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a excluded from this group, but I mean, white people are the minority, the, the majority. There's a lot of like very innocuous, boring ass white people that no one cares about yeah. at all. No one ever cared about their, about their political beliefs, what they had to say about anything. No one yeah. ever cared about their opinion. They just kind of went about their lives. No one cared. No one ever listened to them. And Along comes Trump, and all of a sudden, people hate this guy so much to where the person who's been ignored his entire life, they're like, I like the guy. And it's yeah. just like, hey, fuck you, you piece of shit. And that's the only attention they've gotten in their entire life. And they don't know how to handle it. No, they can't. They can't. They didn't know how to handle it, dude. And it, it's just, it went to their head. And it, yeah. it, it, it just became a thing to, they would just, dude, I saw so many videos of like people would get into random arguments with people, and it would be, about just something in a grocery store. Yeah. And then some guy would just yell, Trump, Trump. I mean, what what yeah, is that? They would just <laughs> yell his name. <laughs> Trump. Trump. <laughs> I mean, how much of a fucking loser do you have to be to where you're you're just yelling out a guy's name just to make I'm people so mad? Funny. It was it, it was it's pretty annoying. crazy, man. Fucking so dumb, dude. It's just pretty, so pretty wild. Um. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I just don't understand this whole thing of like, oh, we got to be fair. I, I don't. And people always tell me, I never understood like, it because I, I got to be fair about my opinion. I, I, I had to tell somebody I do not have to be fair about any fucking thing. All, I don't, little, dude. But it's like I don't understand the unwillingness to admit another group was right. When I was in college, I was starting to make my transition to being more liberal than what i was in high school because we're high school 
grow up in a super conservative area, you just kind of think like, oh, yeah, this is whatever. Everyone I know is Republican and conservative. So it's like, that's where you're going to go to college. I start to go farther to the left. And I at the beginning was like, I'm anti safe space. I was like, that does seem really dumb. Like we're in college. We like I'm hearing ideas I don't agree with. Why can't we all hear ideas we don't want to agree with? And then like as I got older, I was just like, yeah, everyone should have a space where they feel safe to say whatever they want. And yeah. to go, and, and especially like a minority group to go somewhere where it's like, they're not saying that the entire world should be free of these things. They're just saying like, hey, when we're at the minority student union, I would like for it to be a place where I can feel safe to say what I want to say and to not be attacked and have to hear this bullshit that I have to hear 24-7. And I got to a point where I told a friend, I was like, I was like, yeah, I think safe spaces, they're not bad. I get it. Like, I mean, like not, not everywhere can be a safe space. But the idea of having safe spaces and having a space where you can feel comfortable to be in your own skin, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't either. And that's the thing. I, I don't have to agree with your with your spaces um, ethos or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't have to go in there. I don't have to be in there. I don't even have to know. And that's the thing. It's like they shouldn't be allowed to get in there and talk about. It's just like, why do you care that much? You can talk about what you want on your podcast. And we'll talk about what we want on our podcast. Yeah. This is our little, and yeah, if you want to check it out, you can listen. And yeah, if not, I, yeah, exactly. I don't, that, and that's the thing I try to tell a lot of my conservative friends. I have to ask them like, well, why are you allowed to have your opinion about things? But for me, you're always telling me, oh, you should do your own research. It's like, bitch, did you, did you do research? Nobody or did research. you just read an article and you go, oh, I agree with this. I like this. Therefore, this is true. But when I come with you with, with some shit, all of a sudden, well, you're not really being objective. No. I don't have to be. You no. aren't. I don't have to be. Yeah, none of us have to be objective. Yeah, like if you're no. objective, you're making the choice to be so. No one can make you be. It's I don't know. The yeah. whole thing. I, I'm I'm entitled to my fucking opinion. It's so frustrating. I don't. Yeah, for some reason, like I have to be right. I need to be. I need to be right. But you you can have your opinion, which you feel is right. Yeah, it's also just not. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, it's also not that big of a deal to be wrong sometimes. Yeah, I'm wrong a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's not that big of a deal to just sometimes be wrong. Like, we're not all geniuses. We're not all right all the time. Like, it's okay to just be fucking wrong. Yeah, it's it's okay to apologize, but a lot of yeah. those, a lot of those type of people, man, being wrong and apologizing, it's a sign of weakness, Me and they wrong. won't do it. They'll just go down with the ship, man. So. I mean, I think it's that's fine but the, the thing is a lot of those people over the next year or so they're really gonna fucking learn man yep but um speaking of learning man i gotta learn to stop with these shitty hotels man <laughs> God you, damn. i think you stayed there with me i think it was me you um page and in castane we stayed at that red roof inn in baltimore right near magoobies at one time I were you there you. Nope. Oh, you weren't with us i was not but I was like, you know what? They upgraded it to a red roof in plus. I was like, I saw the pictures. I was like, oh, okay. They they kind of upgraded this hotel. I'll, I'll stay there. Of course, we get the handicap room that uh, hasn't been upgraded. Oh, dude, God. there are so many dead roaches and spiders no. in this fucking room. No, dude, I would have been like, nah. I know we got into the room late and my wife, I was like, just kick him into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> just That's kick him brutal. in the corner. And then, yeah, the, yeah, the bed w was like an old springy uh, mattress. It was one of those hotel rooms. You go, I really don't even want to take my shirt and shoes uh, off. Uh, and oh, yeah, you don't even pull the blankets up. You just lay on top of them. Yeah, uh, it was one of those deals, man. Um, but I was in Baltimore earlier that day because I was doing um, a show yeah. <clears throat> underneath a goddamn highway overpass. Yeah, how was that? The pictures look cool. The pictures, look, it was okay. Is it it was okay. A lot of car noise. Actually, it wasn't too bad. There were actually there was a dude at one point during my set. Um, like these cop cars go whizzing by. I'm like, oh shit! They obviously didn't like my jokes. I did the whole that whole thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, they're coming to get me. But um, so it's towards the end of my set. We see all these cop cars go by. I finish up. Uh, get to the hotel. Umar Umar texts me later on. He goes, dude, remember those cop cars? I go, yeah. He goes, there was a triple shooting like three blocks away from where the show, oh, show was. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dude. But uh, yeah, my wife and I, we drove up to Bal up to Baltimore. You know, we go up there to the, it's like, it was like a little uh, anniversary show for Checker Spot Brewery. Okay, cool. And uh, they had like a little festival. They had music. They had, um, um, 
I think a I bunch of different beers you could t- uh, taste. They had a food truck and all kinds of stuff. So is the brewery under the overpass, or is it like it's next? It's next to the overpass, and the show is just outdoors under it. Yeah, and it's, it was pretty close to the stadium. Have you ever seen those places where, like, under the highway, they just put parking for a stadium? It's like that. Okay. And, yeah, like, oh, in Richmond. You know how Richmond has, yeah. like, uh, it's just like that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, what's that pizza spot we used to do? Uh, bottoms up. So just imagine bottom up, bottom, bottom, wait, bottoms up? Yeah, bottoms up. So like Bottoms uh, up being the brewery and then the overpass being the parking lot. Yeah, same okay. same kind of deal. Okay. But uh, it was it was okay. a fun show. It's just I gotta say, man, and I'm I, I'm just being honest here, man. I gotta stop doing these shows where they like just start adding more people to the show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just like shows are too long. Yeah, I, I would say like all comedy shows are too long. That's five, five or six at the most, man. Like if it's a if it's a if it's a regular show, I don't mind a couple of other people going on, but like anything over that. If it's not like a showcase show, yeah. I, I just don't like those shows where it's just like you get booked and it's just like, hey, you're going to do 40 at the end. Somebody's going to feature. We got an MC. And we then you get to the show doing seven. Right. And it's just like, yeah, we're going to let this person on. This guy's doing 10. This person's doing five. This guy's going to do. T- it's just too much, man. And it's so up and down. And that's the thing is it's not killer the entire time. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's not. And that's the thing. People are exhausted because they're like going up like, oh, this is great. Okay, this isn't great. This is great. All right. Because after each great comic, the next one that's not great, people are like, should we leave? Right. Like, is this the time to leave? Especially when you get to the hour and a half more. Dude, It's I, I've said it a bunch of times. When you get to the point where on some of these local shows, like a, and, and I'm speaking more especially in Richmond, where it's like you reach the point where like people want you to close their show out. And you're like, oh, this is an honor. And then you get to the show and you're like, oh, I'm doing 30 and I don't go up until the two hour and 20 minute mark. Like, this is not an honor. This <clears throat> sucks. I worked really hard to have to have this shitty, shitty spot. And and, and I get it, man. It's, it's part of the process because I was going to say before you said that when you're just one of the guys on the show, you're like, holy shit, I'm on this show. I got three of my friends. This is a big yeah. lineup. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm not saying that they aren't fun. Yeah, no, that's not they, what I'm saying. They are fun. Yeah, it's it's fun because typically there's a lot of your friends there. You're drinking. You're having a good time. You're talking about other shows. Oh, speaking of shows, uh, everybody, welcome to the uh, Host Battle podcast. <laughs> it's Chris <laughs> Allen and my man Winston Hodges. Hodges. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're fun, especially it, when you're you're a few years in. But it's a different kind of fun because. There's the fun where it's like, oh, the hang is great. Oh, I'm right. not gonna have like I'm you're you're a good enough comic to where you're like, I'll find a way to do well on this show, but it changes what you do. You can't just go up and do your material when you're going up at the two hour and twenty minute mark. Yeah. Like and that's what I was to- gonna Yeah. That's oh. what I was gonna say. Like when you're a younger comic, hey, my fucking eye. Sorry. It's just fun to be on that show. Cause typically shows like that, it's just like there's a headliner, a guy or a couple of people you would love to work with. Yeah. Um, and if you're lucky, it's like a somebody from out of town. Yeah. And that's that's a different topic. But um, like you're saying, it's just like when you're the guy, you're the, you're a guy getting a five to seven minute spot, you're the, the fourth guy in the show, it you're would. glad to be there. But over, like you said, over time, when you earn that spot where you're finally getting to the point where like, hey, people are asking me to close out these shows and you get to do one of those shows, you go, oh, this is why the guy closing the show will be pissed off. Yeah. Because, right, you got to sit around for two hours to go on and you get to watch people, I mean, kill in front of a hot crowd. You get to see watch people take your laughs. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, damn it, they're gonna be so tired. What up yeah. by the time I get up there? But as much as it, when you when you're doing it, you're like, man, come on, can we just hurry up and just get to the to my part? It's part of the process, dude. Yeah, it's part of the fucking deep. process. You dig deep, and you're like, all right, well, I still have to come across as a closer, right? And, and it means like having crowd work really helps because you're just it like, does. yeah, well, well, no, that is one thing no one's done for two hours and ten minutes is talk to the crowd. So I guess I'm gonna go up and do that for thirty fucking minutes, and then maybe close with a joke. 
Oh, uh, dude, when you like in a uh, doing a show like that, like a uh, like you're closing out like a, a showcase for one of your first times, you're like, yeah, I'm in DC, I'm closing out this showcase or somewhere, and then all of a sudden, like uh, a local guy who's like on the road or somebody who opens for somebody, or even even worse sometimes, uh, not worse, but like a Tony Woods pops in or yeah. like oh. just some weird person who's an actual professional comic pops in and they go, Hey man, I'm going to put this dude up before you. And you're like, what the fuck? I've waited two hours. Now oh, somebody God. with TV credits has to go up before me. Just let them close. I know. <laughs> just let them close. Well, I like Richmond started to do, and I don't know. <clears throat> it's my only frame of reference for it, but Richmond had a thing where they were doing where they, when they would have like a local showcase show, they would put the headliners up in the middle and then make newer comics or do a mic after them. So the actual show show is like an hour. So you had like two or three comics open doing six or seven. And then you would have like a feature act do 15 and the headliner would do 30. But by the time the headliner's done, the show's at an hour or an hour 10. And then they go, all right, guys, we got some more comics coming up. We're going to roll right into the open mic. And it's like, okay, that's great. People are getting, those people at the open mic are getting stage time in front of real audiences, although they may be a little tired. You're getting up more people and you're having the headliners go in a sweet spot of the show. Like, it's just. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Was that, that's how that coffee house show was ran right yes that is how sarah ran beans bits and brews it's how mike angle runs his game of jokes thing at castleberg brewery um i'm trying to think uh, i think will minor and jack parker run shows like that it's just a thing that has seemed to work where you do a real show or showcase for an hour to an hour 10 and then other people that you want to put up you put up after that to where it's like you got newer comics that now have to work harder because they fired some, they followed some real killers. They're still getting a real audience, and if you roll directly into it with no intermission, you don't give people a chance to leave after the headliners. And if the headliner does well enough, they're like, "Yeah, let's stick around and see if some of these other people are good." This show's been great. We've already got our money's worth, so let's get the let's get the sprinkles and the cherry on top. Yeah, man, that uh, I like that idea. Yeah, it's not a bad way. It's That's not, not a bad. bad. Show. Yeah. But the the show was good. It's just like um, I'm just I'm just in my mind. I'm just like, come on, man! I drove three hours to get up here. You know is what that, I mean? Is that Mike Quinlan and Chris Lawrence's show. Oh boy, I was trying not to use names, but yes. Well, you said well, you said the name of the brewery, but I'm I'm, I'm doing it in yeah. August as well. I'm asking, so it's like yeah, I think it I'm closing it out in August. And the pictures. It's a fun great. show. They look the pictures look great. It looked fun, uh, but it is the type of show where it's it's a pretty big lineup. That's what I was asking. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, God damn it, Winston. Why are you making me do this? What? Could you yes. Just... <laughs> I know, but I'm not trying to name fucking producers of shows. But you named the venue and That's the fine. city then. So what? <laughs> you Google the you Google it and the flyer comes up and they're on it. But no one knows who really produced it. Yeah, we can we can take this part out. No, we cannot. I do not edit any fucking thing. <laughs> you G don't. No. But yes. But you, hey, the thing is, that motherfucker knows. There's a there's a few producers in the area. They put a lot of people on their shows. Yeah. They're fun shows, but they can be a little long. Yeah, I think long shows are just. Do you think that the long shows now people are dealing with it a little bit more because of the lack of stage time? Because they don't bother me as much because I now because I do understand. Like okay. There's not as many book shows. There's not as many open mics right now, even though stuff's pretty much wide hey, open I mean, in most places. If if I'm getting the, my thing is if I'm getting paid to do a show and I have to do X amount of time, yeah. I, I I I get it. Um, it might not be the most ideal situation, but I definitely don't want to go up after an audience is spent. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and I'm not saying they weren't. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah no, no. I yeah. think that let's get it clear. We're talking about. Not that specific show. We're talking about shows like that where there are times where I have gone up and I'm going up at the two, two hour, 15 minute mark and the audience is done. Yeah. Like, like where they go, are you guys ready for your headliner? And the people look so sad that this is the headline. I know. That's what I, I, I like, dude, I, I know that feeling because I need to apologize to Isaac Fields, man, because I went out way out in the middle of nowhere to do this show at this, um, like this Jamaican restaurant in, in the middle of nowhere in Virginia, man. I mean, yeah. 
Ruckersville is in the middle of nowhere, but this was like the Fredericksburg one. Yeah, outside of but it's it's on a two lane highway. I mean, yeah. there's nothing out there. The venue is cool though. Yeah, food's good too. There's literally two people in, in the audience. Literally two. <laughs> two people. And the first person goes up. They MC the show. The show. The second person goes up. They've canceled those shows, by the way. Huh? That that show's done for now. Because I was supposed to do it Wednesday, and he oh. texted me and said they're going to have to revisit on trying to get people in there. Because I just think they just haven't had people coming in. Yeah, there was no one there when I when I did it. Um, yeah. Literally two people, and I mean, the dude goes up and does a full twenty five minute set. Yeah, like not no one's cutting their time off. It's like <laughs> I'm like I have to, and this is like I'm getting paid to do this. One, I think we should just cancel it, but I'm here, and it's just like I have this. Like this is your show. You don't really have to do much of any time. You're paying me to do a certain amount of time. I want to do it, but I definitely don't want to do it when I'm. I feel like I'm holding two people hostage. Yeah, you know what I mean. But literally they... two people. It's just like. Just go up there, just talk to them, weave in a couple of jokes, and just get let's get out of here, man. It shouldn't have been over an hour. It should not have been. Let those people have a couple of drinks and then get out of here. But I like mean, but so, they just kept going and, and they, they did fine, but it's just like just recognize the situation. And I I just get off stage, man. Just do like Yeah, get off stage. Just do 10 minutes, man. If that, and just let's call it a day. But I think it's a that's more. Oh, I I agree with what you're saying. I think that like, I like doing shows. I've done shows like that where like almost nobody shows up, and everyone on the show is people that I'm close with. So you can have that like huddle before the show, and it's going to be like, hey, here's the deal. I, I tried. I know. I know that this is what we've. <laughs> I know this is the time that we said. So here's what we're going to do. Host, instead of doing 15, you're going to do eight. Feature, you're not doing 25, you can do 15. And then I'm going to go up, and instead of 45, I'm going to do 30. And we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to get the fuck out of here. All right, that is what we're going to do. And yeah. the, and, the, and, the, and sometimes people are like, yep, that is what we're going to do. Let's not. Yeah, five, or, yeah just do, you, you as an MC, you do, ten, you do seven. Yeah. The feature goes up, you do 10, 12, and I'll, I'll do 20, 25. Yeah. We can be out of here in 40 minutes, man. Yep. And you know? no one's, and here's the thing is when it's only two people there, they're not upset. I know. Ugh. They're like, they're like, that was kind of cool. 45 minutes show. Like it was it was intimate. It was fun. They talked to us. We got to see some jokes. Yeah. And I and I get it, man. You're a newer comic or whatever, and you want to do that. But man, I was just I was a part of it is my insecurity. I'm like, these people are going to fucking hate me, man. It's yeah, like, cause I'm not going to go up here. And I'm not going to just go up here and deliver jokes. Like it's a full room. I'm no. going to talk to people. I'm going to dig. I'm going to, yeah. uh, I'm weave. Gonna yeah, I'm, I'm going to weave I'm, bits in. I'm going to make it seem more conversational. Yeah, I'm going to deliver my jokes differently. It's going to be like, yeah. I'll more like walking you through the jokes as opposed to performing them at you. Right. And this was like a, Hey, Hey everybody. Hey, give it up for the weight stabbed. I mean, this was like a set. And I have to I have to give it to the comics on the show. They treated it like a very very like a like a packed room, and I applaud that. You know, I don't have but, the ability to do that, and I blame you. But the thing <laughs> is, I don't ever want to be a guy like taking over someone's show and go, "Hey, this is what we're doing." Yeah, it no, was I their know. show. I, was I didn't fun, know though. them well enough to. Say, I, I tried to suggest. I go, "Hey, maybe we should just kind of tag team it." Like, I I can stay up with and go up with everybody. Yeah, we can chit chat, do some jokes, make them laugh. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And then, like, it's people just went yeah. up by themselves. I'm like, yeah, you so we're not going to tag team this and get this over with? But you did text me you had fun. You texted it was me fun. Because you said you brought Ray on stage and, yeah. and like, and talked to him. And, like, to, and you said that they enjoyed it. So It was fun. Yeah. It's the type of thing where, like, I just think most of these – I think most comedy shows in general, like, are – can like can be formatted better right i i would say that i would say that like there's some comedy club shows that could be formatted a little bit better but let's not talk about clubs or theaters let's talk about purely like comedy shows that are set up whether open mics or whatever there's so many things that go into it to where you're like 
though this is not great about this show, was not about this, and there's probably reasons why they're done that way, but I think most shows have two or three things that can be tweaked, whether it's length of time or the way that it's set up or the lighting or yeah. the sound or the <clears throat> place in the venue where the show is even happening. Uh, is there a cover? Maybe the show shouldn't have a cover. Like there's all right. these things that can be done differently. And all of us, and I've run shows like that where it's like all comics, we're just trying to make it as good as possible. But it's so crazy how quick and easy it is to when you're on another show, pick up like, we could probably make it a little better by doing like one thing or two things. Right. And it's just, but it's hard, man. Comedy's already hard and it's hard to make those shows perfect anyway, even when you're running them like as tight as True. humanly possible. True. Cause you never know what's going to happen, man. Cause, yeah, you cause know. I, cause I did. So I did that show. Like I was booked to do that show you that you did with Isaac, but, but like I did a show there before, so they got Isaac to start booking it, but they also just used to book it themselves. And I did one before where there was like eight or nine people. And the way they did it was it was uh, Dylan, Badalana, Vaughn, Michael, and I. And we were each doing – we were each supposed to do 20 twice. That's how they wanted the show. That is and, ridiculous. Yeah, so they it was They wanted like, you doing 40 minutes apiece? Yep. And it was like, and we did. It was like there was an hour, then an intermission, and then another hour. So I, awful. I went I went last before the intermission. It was 20 minutes of that. And then we did the intermission. And then I asked to go up. Uh, and I said, I said, I'll go up second on the next the next one. Like, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, and so I went up second on the second half and it was fun and it was fine, but it was just like, I had to just be like, all right, one set's completely crowd work. The other set's completely jokes. Like it's just, it, it, but, but it's the type of thing where like, you look at that and that is a show that was put on by someone that was not a comedian. Yeah. That is a, t why would someone do that? And we had to talk, we talked to him. We're like, Hey, I said, I think it would be better. I said, if all three of us just did 30, I said, I think that that's a shorter show. And they're like, we want the intermission. So people are comfortable to do that, and we just think it would be better to do this. And I was like, all right, if that is what you want, and they were paying me an amount of money that I was like, you know, I would have agreed to do one 40-minute set like this, so what's the big deal? I don't care. I need this paycheck. And uh, But it's just saying like all types of shows have stuff like that, but that show was super fun. You can make those shows. It's got nothing to do with oh, how, yeah. how fun or how good the shows are. It's just more like, Comedy is already so hard that I think, especially us who like freak out and think we're going to bomb all the time. Yeah, going up multiple. Like, I just want to do well. Going yeah, up multiple mul times is terrifying. Yeah, man. It's, 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 uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see the point of it, man. Three times on a show is the most I've ever done, and it was the Brian Regan one. I've gone up twice, several times, where it's like you got to go up and do time in for the intermission if you're hosting. But like, as far as like doing set jokes three different times the regan shows were the first time i ever did that and it worked way better than i thought it would but i think it's because it's regan and it's the way he has it set up specifically and he sets you up too yeah, i did i i don't like the host doing more time i'm not a, i hate that yeah me too buddy i don't like it <clears throat> i guess because my my experience is whenever i had to do that it was always on shows where they didn't like me yeah and then it's like, hey, you got to go up there and do five more. Like I did that one at this show in Indiana. I bombed my first set, and then it, and then the headline was like, go up there and do five more. I'm like, man, I went up there for like two minutes. I was like, I'm not doing this. I was just like, I don't. It's, it's just like you're you're trying to bring the show down even more because you know they don't like me. Yeah. And you want to when you come up, you want this to be you want there to be this big shift in energy. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you. You you're better than me at this point. I'm done. Here's your headliner, and I just brought yeah. him up. I was yeah. like, I'm not doing this, man. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing this at this fucking VFW yeah. on the border of Ohio and Indiana. This shit show where there's like nine people there. Everybody's spread out. They don't fucking like me. I bombed. I'm not. I'm not gonna do this. You come on, and, and the headliner went up and fucking destroyed. Yeah, you don't need it. <clears throat> yeah, you don't need me, man. It's just like you're using me. To make, to make yourself it, look better, man. Yeah. And, but it's also the same thing where it's like, I get that, like, if you follow somebody 
who's destroyed, it can be hard, especially if you're like headlining and they've done a long, like a feature set in front of you and they've destroyed. Because I've had that happen sometimes where someone just goes up and for whatever reason, what they're doing is killing, like they're connecting. It's like, like it's, it's usually if it's something's like kind of weird, like when the weird shit works and they're like, all right, this is like, this is going to be difficult to try to figure out um, yeah. how to do. But it's like, I think that something that you've taught me is it's just like with crowd work is the comfortability of like after someone destroys in front of you to be brought straight up and to just be kind of okay with the first few minutes not being that great. Yeah. I mean, you do. That's the thing. You do have to um, get control of the room. Yeah. Cause I, I think I told you bef before, dude, I had one of the sets of my life at the Dayton funny bone years ago. Yeah. And I, I was very happy because I did it in front of my, one of my good friends and mentor Vince Morris. Like I was having such a great set. I saw him standing in the, in the back and I, from stage, I'm like, yeah, bitch, follow this shit. And like, yeah. even that got a big laugh. And the only reason why I did it is because I know he's so good. He's and he, he didn't take that any kind of way. Yeah. And it was going to be interesting to see, like I was, cause in my mind, I was like, how was he going to take this shit from me? Cause I knew he was going to, but yeah. how, and dude, he went up there. He was very quiet, calm, yeah. didn't say shit. Too. Dude, he didn't say anything for like the first 30 seconds. He Vince does this thing where he'll just grab the mic with his hand like this. He'll just do this. And it's time like look, he'll just look, he'll just look around. He'll sniff into the mic. He'll Yeah. He'll take a sip of water, like, um. Oh, that's awesome, dude. He, yeah, he'll look around, sniff. He'll fucking shake his legs and he'll just go. All right, folks. Uh, give it up for Chris. He was, you know, and then five minutes in, it was like I was never even on that. But fucking that's the show. thing, man. Is it's like you you have to accept you're going to need something to do to change the energy. You might be a super high energy guy, and you can ride the wave and just go boom, 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 and just start rolling. Or it's like and then slow it down, yeah. kind of yeah. Or you're that person you can just go up. And you're like, I'm gonna slow it down from the beginning, and I'm gonna take my time. And I'm gonna do it, or like address the fact, like, yeah, he did great, and I'm not gonna do anything that he did at all, and just yeah. like getting people to laugh, just be like, that's sorry, it's like, uh, <laughs> you, know, you already got your money's worth, so whatever happens afterwards is like, right. you know what I mean? Just really owning it with your personality and and doing a little crowd, you know what I mean? Crowd work is the thing that I usually will do. I'll talk a little bit, let people calm down, uh, uh calm down a bit. Louis Anderson has a really cool story because he would go up after. Sam Kinison at the comedy store. And Louie was a super clean comic. You know what I mean? Like super clean, like from the Midwest. So he said how he would handle it is Kinison comes off the stage. The room's destroyed. People are standing up, standing ovation, screaming while he's on stage for Kinison. And and Lou and Louie said he knew Sam had already left. So he gets on stage and he goes, Hey everybody, let's let's try to get Sam back up here. Let's get Sam back up here. And so they're screaming for Sam. He goes, come on, let's keep." And he'll said he would do that for like two and a half minutes until finally they were like, all right, man, can you just do your joke? <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, I guess you can't get Sam up here. And he would just go into his act. And he's like, that's yeah, funny. he's like, that's how you have to change the energy is like, get them. So he's like, they're already clapping for him. So get them tired of clapping for him. So that they're ready to move on. Fuck him. He ain't coming back. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, <clears throat> I want to say, um, it was, yeah, it was. Who the fuck was it? I was at the Improv in Vegas, um, at Harris, and um, there was this one dude. I can't. His name was Kenny something, but he was, dude. He was such a high energy comic, dude. He was bouncing off the walls i mean yeah. doing handstand just crazy just i mean just wildly energetic energetic on stage i mean just <laughs> crazy and um the feature was um i want was he featured i can't i want to say he might have been headlining but but you ever heard of daryl lennox i think he's a canadian, canadian comic familiar, yeah but dude he has i think he's canadian let me see uh, oh he's american i don't know i think he's married to a canadian woman but um but He's a very low key, slow. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know how anybody can follow this guy. So he walked out. He was like, hey, he was like, first of all, he was like, I don't do that. Well, he just did what y'all saw. He was like, that's not going to happen. He was like, I'm like slow, roasted, 
ribs. <laughs> and just the way he said it, it just killed. And then from that moment on, boom, he had him. Yep. I mean, because that, that guy was, it was like circus wild how energetic that guy was. It was yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, I think I think being able to switch the audience from like one because it's because I, I look at it like this is it's like if you're listening to a playlist and all the music's the same and then out of nowhere and without warning, someone switches genres. You're like, I fucking when I wanted to listen to more rap. Right. Why did you do that? But if someone was like, hey, Chris, if you like this, I was just like. There's this rock band that's pretty good. I think you should check it out. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're gonna right. we're gonna change it up a little bit instead of you just getting it in the middle of. <laughs> so yeah, you like hip hop? You might like this lo-fi. You yeah, know what I mean? Check it out. Yeah, check out this lo-fi. Yeah. But if it went from if it went from Moneybag Yo to lo-fi, yeah. you'd be like, "What the fuck is this? Is this even the same thing?" Yeah, it's like I was in the zone with this other one because you're because it's like especially when you've got that hip hop playlist going, you're like, yeah. you're like, you're like, what's the next rap song that's coming on? Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, Ooh, am I going to know this one? <laughs> right. But then but, they hit you with some weird shit. You're like, yeah. what the fuck is this about? Whew. But, um, we did it. Yeah, man. This was a fun episode. Uh, um, good one. It was a good one, man. I had a lot of fun. Uh, where you, where you at, man? Oh. July 1st. Yes. Through the third this weekend, this Sandman weekend folks. comedy club. <clears throat> Paige Campbell is hosting. I am featuring, and Chris Allen will be headlining July. It's only a dollar. Only a buck. Only a buck. Only a dollar. Sandman Comedy Club. Check us out. It's gonna be fun. Um, you know what, man? I'm we definitely. I'm gonna play this shit by ear, man. I don't know what's gonna happen this weekend. It's gonna be fun. I got a bunch of people that say they want to go. Say they're buying. I got people buying tickets. I got friends coming out. My girlfriend's coming out, bringing a friend. We're gonna have fun. Yeah, it should be it should be an interesting weekend. Is this our this is the first weekend like we're doing like a real thing? Yep, that's the first one. That's the first one. It's the first real one, man. Where it's not like uh, all the shows we've done. This is the first real real club, real shows, and it's just whole weekend. Whole weekend. That's wild, man. It's awesome. So yeah, make sure you uh, you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Allen Comedy. You are. Mm -hmm at winston h comedy yes. and we're gonna have you know we might have something special in store for you this weekend we're playing it by year we don't know Not yeah we don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be fun that's gonna uh, say we'll oh dude good. i just bought a plane a, a train ticket to new york i'm going up there august 1st to the 5th me too no you're not i bought my ticket the moment i saw your facebook status i'm going up there <laughs> Did I, you think really? I'm, I think i'm going up in august uh steven uh, invited me he said i could stay with him so i'm gonna oh, there go, you go. There. Yep, oh dude so. he literally lives next door to joe literally oh, next door I, oh i know <laughs> yeah it was you're fun. gonna see the joe list front door i know dude we had a good hang uh steven and i did we got breakfast together at this we didn't we didn't go to first watch because we went somewhere where we could walk to but there's a place right at virginia beach called the village inn that was very good we had very i've good been to village inn i spent many a nights there in utah was, we had a we had a fun time it was a, it was a good time at virginia beach but yeah so i'm gonna he said i could give us welcome to stay with him so i'm gonna go up there and Try to get on some shows, and uh, he's good to see list too, man. Introduce me, show me around. So I'm excited. That be that would be kind of dope if we were up there at the same time. Yeah, that would be, be dope. But all right, everybody, that's the show. We'll see you guys uh, next week. All right, Love peace. Ya. Yeah.